Well, good morning, my friends. It's Friday, October 29th, and uh, this is podcast number 406. We're in our toolbox series. I hope you're enjoying it. I'm thoroughly enjoying my study and challenging myself to have more tools in my toolbox on more uh, subjects and a variety of subjects. And I'm not organizing them yet. It's kind of sloppy in my toolbox, but uh, that may come next. I may put myself up a, a little card file by subject. I started that years ago and I, I loaded it up so much. I think I want to try another one and load some more and then have it smaller and have it right in front of me. Anyway, I'm loving this series. We're in Hebrews chapter four. Uh, grab your notepads, grab your three by five cards. Um, I challenge you as we go through this uh, to have a stack of three by five cards. I haven't challenged you before. And at the top of the three by five cards or on the back of them, as you hear a scripture you think you want to memorize, write the address on the back of the card or on the top, depending on how you want to do it and how you want to memorize. A lot of times I'll put the address on the back and then the words of the verse on the front. And then I'll challenge myself by flipping it back and forth uh, from back to front. And I challenge you as you hear a verse, you go, oh, I'd like to put that one in my toolbox just to write the address on the on your card and then go back later after we're done uh, with the teaching and then you can write it out and then maybe carry that for the day. You don't need to overwhelm yourself. Uh, don't overwhelm yourself. Um, in, in fact, let me mention a book that I've just got for me. Um, I haven't done that in a while. It's called Core, C-O-R-E, 52. And it's a 15-minute daily guide to build your Bible IQ in a year. And it's just three or four pages. Um, and it's divided into 52 weeks for 52 weeks in the year. So I just challenge you. It's by Mark Moore. And uh, it's put out by a company called Waterbrook. But Core 52 uh, a 15-minute daily guide to build your Bible IQ in a year by Mark Moore. Okay, Hebrews chapter 4. <clears throat> we always begin in the Word of God, right? Mark chapter 4, excuse me, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. For the Word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirits, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. How can words on a paper do that only if they're the word of God? And there's our connecting word. No creature is hidden from his sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. Those are our memory verses. And, and as, a, as I look over this, um, this sheet from, from, from Ed uh, Shaw, Pastor Ed Shaw, I'm just loving this message. I listened to it. Uh, you can go to Battleground Baptist, Battleground Baptist Church, and look up messages, and it's for um, 82921 is the, is the date, 82921. Um, and, uh, and you can look at how he does it and so much better than I do, but, um, helplessness and loneliness. I'm, I'm helpless and I'm lonely. So what do we do? We go to our toolbox and we look up some scriptures, turn to Hebrews. We're already there. Go over a few pages to 13 and verse five, Hebrews 13 and verse five and the writer of Hebrews, whoever that might be. Uh, Hebrews 13, 5 says, keep your life free from the love of money and be content and 
with what you have, for he has said, I will never leave you at, or forsake you. I love this verse because it it puts two things against each other, the love of money and the fact that Jesus says, I'll be with you always. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Verse six, so we can confidently confidently say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Now, can man do things to you? Absolutely. But the reality is that if the Lord is our helper, he is with us in every situation. Go down to verse eight. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. What does that mean, class? It means he doesn't change. If you healed once, he can heal again. Does he heal in every situation? No. We have to leave that up to him. Does he deliver in every situation? No. There are times when uh, people have, have given their lives for the faith. They've been martyred for their faith. So we have to trust that God knows the beginning from the end, and he knows all the things in between, and he knows every situation, and he knows what is best for the glory and for the uh, um, completion of the will of God for our lives and in the lives of others as well. So he tells us that he will never leave us and forsake us. Let's go back to the Old Testament, the fifth book of the Old Testament, right? After the Pentateuch, right after Deuteronomy, we find the book of Joshua. And then Joshua, Judges, Ruth. And one way to remember those three after the, so it'd be the fifth book, six, or sixth book, seventh book, eighth book, Joshua, Judges, Ruth. We don't know why Joshua, Judges, Ruth. Just a little way to remember some books of the Bible. I don't invent these things. I just bring them out. Joshua chapter one, verse five. God instructing um, Joshua after the death of Moses, verse one, it says this in verse five, no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life, just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you, the exact words in Hebrews chapter 13 and verse five. So he'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. As he says to Joshua, as I was with Moses, I will be with you. As I was with Moses, I will be with you. And I believe that we, as we walk in the Lord and as we continue to grow in the Lord, the same promise is true for us. Now turn to Matthew chapter 28, verse 20. Some of the last words that Jesus spoke to his um, disciples and this is post-resurrection, it says, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you, verse 20, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. What an amazing promise that he says, I'm going to be with you. I'm not going to leave you, but I'm going to be with you. Remember in John uh, chapters 14, 15, 16, as Jesus lays out a lot of his last words before he leaves and what's What's uh, the upper room uh, discourse? And he, and he says to them uh, that I'm going to go away, but I'm not going to leave you orphans. I'm not going to leave you orphans. I'm going to send another comforter, the Holy Spirit, and he's going to dwell within you and he's going to teach you about me. He's not going to speak of his own words. He's going to speak of things that glorify me. See, the Trinity is in 
in uh, in agreement, complete agreement. So let's turn to uh, to uh, Luke chapter eighteen. So when we're struggling with helplessness or we're struggling with loneliness, we know that He's with us. We know that He'll never leave us. We know that He'll never forsake us. And how should we respond to that? Look at eight, chapter uh, Luke chapter eighteen and verse one. Luke eighteen one. Luke chapter 18, verse 1 says, And he told them a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray and not to lose heart. And he goes on to tell them the, the parable of the persistent widow, telling us that we should be persistent in prayer. We're not trying to overcome God's reluctance to touch us. That's not what he means by being persistent in prayer. We're not overcoming God's reluctance like, wow, they're just bugging me. So I guess I'll go ahead and talk to him. No, what God is doing is seeing if we will be persistent in prayer, persistent in seeking the Lord. And that is important. We just don't throw up these shallow little prayers on January 1. Lord, bless me for the whole year. Let's be specific and let's be persistent. Let's pull out our scriptures out of our toolbox and let's pray them. Now go to Second Peter. Second Peter chapter one and verse four. Why is this scripture important? Let's read it and then I'll explain it. Uh, let's read verse three and four. His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. All things, say all, all, all things, through the knowledge of him who called us to his glory and excellence. We didn't call him to our glory. He calls us to his glory and excellence. By which, listen to this, this is huge. He has granted to us his precious and very great promises so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in this world because of sinful desire. Wow. Verses three and four, you should definitely put it in your toolbox. Put in your toolbox. I'm marking my card right now because I only had verse four on there, but verse three just kind of jumped out at me. His divine power has granted to us all things, all things, all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence, to the knowledge of him. And how do we gain knowledge, class? We spend time in the word we grab our bibles we grab our toolboxes and and we and we just go through these scriptures and we place them in our hearts and we'll, it'll seem weird to us because it'll seem like we're maybe struggling to memorize them and then all of a sudden in a situation that scripture comes back to you because the holy spirit brings back what we've planted within we need to be farmers investing the seed of the work of god uh, the word of god in our own hearts we need to, to plow up the fields of our, of our hearts and we need to plant the word of God deep within our hearts. Why? Because it is not if you face a situation or a difficulty, it is when. And you want the word planted before you face the difficulty. So that God can, through the Holy Spirit, bring that scripture to us. Let's turn to a familiar portion of scripture in Matthew chapter 11. This scripture, these three verses should definitely be in your toolbox. 
Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, he says, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Verse 28, that is our salvation call, if you will. That is the come to me. Come to me. There is no one else we can go to, but Jesus says, come to me. 29, it's almost a separate thought. I want you to think of these verses kind of separately. Verse 28, come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. Rest from your labors. And then he says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly of heart. This is the only place I believe in scripture where Jesus reveals what his heart is like. He says, I am gentle and lowly in heart. Doesn't mean he's weak. It means he's compassionate. He's caring. And he's loving and he reaches down to the uttermost to touch us. No matter what our situation, lepers were not to be touched and Jesus touched them. Women, Samaritan women and women altogether were not to be bothered with. And Jesus took the time to minister to women. He took the time to go through Samaria, uh, a land that the Jews didn't go through. And he being uh, uh, what everybody believed was a rabbi and a Jewish man. And he went to the well to meet with her at that time of day. Why? Because he had a divine appointment to meet with her and her alone. Because he's gentle and he's lowly in heart. This is the only place I believe in the New Testament where Jesus describes his heart. And you will find rest for your souls. So verse 29 is not about coming to the Lord. Verse 29 is about becoming part of the Lord and his work, and that is the abiding. And we see so much more about abiding in in Christ in John chapter 15. Verse 30 here says, For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The yoke of the world is difficult. The, the yoke of the law was difficult. But the yoke that he promises is easy because we are yoked together with him. He's the burden lifter and the burden carrier. And he says his burden is light. And his yoke is easy. So we put that away in our in our toolbox for when we need it, when we're struggling and we're thinking we're all alone. And we're thinking that we're doing this all alone and, and God must have forgotten where he put me. No. We come to him and then we're yoked with him. We abide with him. We, we're close to him. Look at what the writer of Proverbs says in Proverbs 18, 24. Proverbs 18, 24. It says this. A man of many command, uh, companions may come to ruin. So in the presence of many people, you're not necessarily safe and you're not necessarily protected and it's not necessarily wise. But look what he goes on to say. But there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Oh, this is a this is a toolbox a verse. You need to put this in your in your toolbox. A man of many companions may come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. And his name is Jesus. Turn back to the book of Psalms. Psalm 34. And verse 18. Gary, I'm feeling helpless. I'm feeling like I'm all alone. I'm feeling crushed under the weight of this world. I got I, I turn on the news and I read about COVID. I have friends maybe who have COVID. 
I'm struggling uh, with my health. I'm struggling to trust because it just seems like every time the, the, the news comes out, it's just, it's so disheartening. People are being killed and, and people are, are, are being uh, uh, made to be homeless and people are losing their jobs and, and, uh, and the world just seems to be in such chaos. And I'm just brokenhearted because I've lost a loved one. I'm brokenhearted because I, I just feel like I'm all alone. Look at Psalm 34 verse 18. Pull this out of your toolbox and just, and just read it to yourself and read it to the Lord. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted. And he saves the crushed in spirit. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. Oh, what a mighty tool from your toolbox to be able to pull that out when you're feeling brokenhearted, to be able to pull that out when you're feeling the weight of this world. And you remind yourself that the Lord is near to the brokenhearted and that he saves the crushed in spirit. We can trust on him. When all else fails around us, when all else is shaky ground around us, we have a firm foundation on our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He is near. He is near. God is both transcendent. He is far off and he's the creator of all the universe and he's eminent, meaning he's close by. The old song says he's as close as the whisper of his name. Let me pray for us in Numbers chapter 6, verse 24. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. God bless you until we talk again.